0: You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. Still talking about intimate relationship with God. This is what we was having, wasn't yes? Wasn't last Sunday powerful? Yeah. My Lord, my Lord. How many practiced that this week by getting into the presence of God and allowing Him to, allowing Him to minister to you? You really got alone with Him. Amen. Praise God. And God last week taught us intercession, and we've been te- te- we've been teaching on this all summer long on intercession, and intimacy with God. Um, we just just don't come on Sunday and and, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, handshake and a bow and, and then take off on the next week. God wants to have fellowship with us every single day of the week where we get alone with him. Like I've heard me say before, God's lonely. God gets lonely. And that's why he created us, for fellowship and for us to worship. And when we worship, we open the door I'll praise we open the door I'm talking about not only collectively not only on Sunday but all through the week finding a place to be with God it's imperative if you want to be used of God you got to spend time with him amen if you want to get to know him you know there are a lot of people that you can say you know but they're just acquainted with him with them but you know what when you get to know someone you know the color of their eyes you know when their birthday is, you know their idiosyncrasies, you know their good points, the bad points, and still you like them. But you know them, you know them, you know them, what, what gets, gets to them, and you know how you can help them. Praise God. Amen. We welcome everybody this morning. Trust that you have been blessed. Humanity, I just want to talk to you, humanity is uniquely created to experience God. That's why we were created. God said, let us make man in our image. When he was talking to the angel, he said, I want someone that I can fellowship with it And he was talking to the angels, and he said, I know you guys, you're powerful, you're, you're powerful and all that, because I give it to you, and uh, it's wonderful. But I want someone... That that gets to know me. I want someone that I can feel their heartbeat and can feel mine. I want intimacy. I want a closeness that I can share. You know, God likes to share with you how He feels. It's not a one way street. Gimme, 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 or God, I want, I want, or I need, I need, or I love you. When we begin to get worshiping and we say, God, I love you, God comes in in his presence and says, I love you too. And so you have an intimate relationship. And it builds you strength and it keeps you going. Amen? So humanity is uniquely uh, created to uh, experience God. And God made us for himself, I'm going to get into scripture, that we might know him, everybody say know him, Live with him and enjoy him. God likes to have you enjoy him. He is not a big ogre up there pointing his finger at you and giving out. He's not a dictator. Although he does command and demand. And he commands you and demands you through what he knows you can take. He doesn't ask you to do something that he knows you can't do. But if he asks you for it and you feel limited, he'll give you the power to do it. And how do you get the power? By spending time with him. God, I mean, the devil doesn't care how much you go to church. Doesn't care how much, uh, whether you sin or you don't sin. What he wants is you to be estranged from God. And then he can slowly wean you away. God wants, what did I say? God wants to get you in a place where he can wean you. I mean, the devil wants to get you in a place where he can wean you away from him. He's not necessarily going to take a a, a Christian and just yank on a pull on him. And and, no, not at first. He's just going to come and he's going to put out the apple. Well, I guess it was an apple. I don't know. Some say it was a pomegranate. Some say, I don't know. It might have been a watermelon. I don't know what it was. But anyway, it was a fruit. Amen. And he's just going to keep putting that in front of you. How many times? Yes. Getting you busy so that you become busy. And then all of a sudden you get away with God. You get away from God. Don't take time. He puts things, legitimate things. Everything that pulls you away from God is not necessarily a sin. But he gets you more involved with that. So when you find yourself more involved with that or situations or things, try to curtail them and ask God how you can rearrange your day so that you can spend time with him. It's imperative. It's not just a suggestion. Now, not to have an intimate relations with God is to deny our fundamental purpose in our Christian walk. Did you get that? Not to have... An intimate relationship with God is to deny our fundamental purpose in our Christian walk. God made us for fellowship. It's not all us praying to Him, it's communication, it's communing with God. Now, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. When God came into the Garden of Eden, He did not come in to fellowship with the birds and the deer and the animals. What did he do? He came to fellowship with Adam and Eve. And when he came that eventful day that Eve had sinned, and you've heard me say this before, that Eve had sinned, it pained God. We, th- we think that it angered God. and So he began to curse everybody. No. The curse was brought on by sin. God, if you go and read that right, God did not curse him. God just pronounced what was going to happen because of their sin. God did not declare, I'm going to curse you. You know, sometimes we don't have to be afraid of God, but we have to be afraid that we're going to miss God. Don't take God for granted. So when he came into the garden that eventual day, he came for fellowship, came in the cool time of the day, came in, uh, I guess it was in the late, in the afternoon, and he wanted to sit down. And I believe God came and sat down with Adam and Eve, and they had, every day they had intimate relationships with one another. They talked with one another. God talked to them, okay, about the creation. They talked to God about the creation. I believe they had fellowship. And that's exactly what he wants with you. He wants fellowship. He wants you to talk to him, and then be quiet. Him, and then be quiet, and let him talk to you. And he talks to you by revelation, by words of knowledge, and, some, and, and, and words of knowledge comes to you, not necessarily just to give to someone else. A word of knowledge comes to you. A word of wisdom, guidance. God will speak to you. So when you get into his presence, there are times when just keep still and sit in his presence. Hear his voice. Amen? God came to talk to you. God made us for himself that we might know him, live with him, I know I'm repeating, live with him and enjoy him forever. Amen? God delights in his people who take time to get to know him. Let's look at Jeremiah 9, 23, 24. I'm reading it from the King James. I guess it goes up on the screen, yes. This is what God says. It says, thus says the law, the 23rd verse. Thus says the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. You don't have to have a doctorate or whatever behind your name for God to accept you. Now, I mean, I know there's doctors here and there's other there's teachers and other people here. And, and that's, there's nothing wrong to have a doctorate behind you. I'm not in any way discrediting uh, getting, you know, education. but I don't have to have all kinds of education to have God. Amen? It says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his, pu- in his might. A powerful business tycoon, oh isn't that great? Oh, we want to get all the business tycoons and all these people into church as much as we can. You know, gives us prestige. And I'm not against them. There's nothing wrong with being mighty and there's nothing wrong with being wise and, and, and uh, having, having wisdom. Okay? But don't glory in it. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. Because when you start glorying in these aspects of your life, that's your God. And that's why you get caught up in the intimacy with them on your job, on the other aspects of your life. So they become foremost in your life. And God is over here. But what does he say? What does God say? 24th verse, but let him who glories, glory in this that he understands, everybody says understands, and knows me. Do you know you can understand God? Now, I know he's uh, unfathomable. His blessings are, are never ending. But you can understand God. You can understand. My heavens, if you read, the Word of God, we were just singing about some of the names that Jehovah is. He revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah, uh, I've never pronounced this right, but Jehovah tiskenu and some of these other names. That's God's revelation to us, so we can understand him. We can, under, we can understand God's character, characteristics. We can't fathom God as far as his depth and as far as his greatness, I was looking at a, a picture the other day of the, of the sun and then our earth. And I thought, my... <laughs> the sun was great big like this and look at the earth, it was looked like... And the pictures looked like that big. And I thought, my God, you're mindful of that spot in the universe? Can you imagine it? God is my And he wants to fellowship with you? I often wonder... Why why God created all the planets? Now there's got nothing then what I've got to say is got nothing biblical. Not at all biblical. But I wonder sometimes if God just had plans beyond our expectation and he was going to fill every planet. And when man sinned, he said, Well, you've messed that up. Now, don't get out and preach that as gospel because I don't even know if it's truth. I was just speculating. Amen? That's what I want? Yeah, that's what it is. You can pronounce it. Okay. Amen. That is the truth. Okay. But it says, that he let him glory that he understands and knows me that I am Jehovah. We were singing about, now Jehovah is the name of God. And you know what Jehovah means? It means salvation. It means redeemer. And that's why they said before they all only knew God as, as, the, as the almighty God. They did not know him as a redeemer until he came and said, I'm going to redeem Israel out of Egypt. I'm going to bring Israel out. So he says, now I'm going to reveal my name. I'm going to reveal who I am. My name is Jehovah, the redeeming God. I am going to buy Israel back. And I'm going to send a man that's going to rescue them. And God came to Moses and became, and we talked about it, became intimate with Moses. And God and Moses had beautiful conversation and a wonderful relationship. We can have the same kind of relationship. Don't think that we can never approach God. Now approach him with respect. We can talk to God just how we feel, but always do it with respect and reverence. You can even go to God when you're angry and say, God, I'm angry. I don't understand. I think it was Habakkuk. Habakkuk did. First of all, Habakkuk went to went to God and says, how can you use this foreign country? They don't even, I can't even remember who's coming after them, but who was ever coming after them, I can't remember now. But how can you use this foreign country? They have idols. They don't worship you. They don't honor you. They are steeped in abortion. Got that in good, didn't I? God never answered him, but neither did he rebuke him. And because of God's silence, Habakkuk said, I'm going to set me on a tower, and I'm going to sit here until God answers me. So in the second chapter of Habakkuk, he goes and makes himself a tower and sits on it. Sometimes we have to say, I'm going to sit, I'm going to make me a town, I'm going to sit there until I receive an answer from God. Don't give up on your situation so soon. Don't give up on it. You have an adversary, the devil, that does not want you to get anything from God, and he'll fight you on every. and especially if you start getting close to God. He will fight you, he'll let everything legitimate and not legitimate come in your way. but you set up your watch. And God spoke to him and told him. He set up his watch and God spoke to him and he says, you know, I'm I'm going to answer you in such a way that even he that runs can read it. I'm going to give you an answer. And Habakkuk got an answer from God. Habakkuk spent time in the presence of God getting his answer. God wants to have an intimate relationship. Is that all right? Proverbs 3.6 says this. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do you understand that if you'll be open with God, God will direct you. You don't have to grope for your find out your way to go. That's why a lot of us, lot of us get carried away and carried carried aside because we don't wait long enough from God. We don't acknowledge the need that we have in our God. And we don't always come to God in our need. We come to Him sometimes when we feel feel good. Just go to Him and tell him, say, God, I thank you that you've kept me this week. Spend some time with Him. But it says here, it says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. You want to be directed, you want to know from God? Then Let your will be broken before him and be willing to be led by God. Don't always lean to your own understanding because your own understanding stinks. Because it's finite. You and I don't know everything. Did you hear me? You don't know everything. If you know so much, Tell us how the worlds came into existence. Tell us how miracles take place. Broken bones get healed. Explain that to us when someone's prayed for. Tell how cancer is healed. Tell how colons who are split mend together. We've had it here. but he wants you to acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. The word knows in Jeremiah nine twenty four and acknowledge in Proverbs 3, 6 come from the same Hebrew word yada. Everybody say yada. Yada. Which means to know by observation, investigation, Reflection, thinking on God, a personal first hand experience. When you acknowledge God, you will observe His ways and He will give you understanding how to walk, how to approach a situation. I think it was, um, there was a university in Texas. And they were working on a project. And they came to this one, one, one place. And it was a vital, vital need. in that, uh, There was a manufacturing something or, or, or putting, putting a, a, a thing together, a plan together, and they, a combination, and they could not get this. They just could not get it. Everything was ready, but they couldn't get that one equation. It just would not come to them. And scientists and all this worked on this. And I can't remember the name of the university. I think it was in Texas. I'm not sure. And so one of the scientists was a Christian. So he got alone with God. And he began to pray. Because it was stopping the whole project. It was stopping the whole thing. It couldn't be developed. And we went to prayer. And that night, he went to bed. And the whole equation unfolded to him he jumped up on a bed that night he wrote down the equation and they finished the project that's how God can direct your path if you get with him don't lean to your own understanding he will show you by investigation what does that mean getting into the word God will give you a rhema. God will show you. Acknowledge him. The words knows and acknowledge means, means, comes from the word yana, to get it by observation, by investigation, and then reflection on God, thinking about God. Taking time to find out and think who he is, what he can do praising him for his goodness. You need to know the word. God speaks to you from the word of God. You don't just need a shiver and shake. You don't need a word from God all the time, giving you direction. You can find a word for yourself. A lot of people run to these conferences and all these things, and I'm not against them. I'm not against them because I was healed in one of a big conferences. Not going to get into that, but totally healed. But you don't do it. A lot of people run conference after conference after conference to get a word from God, get a word from God. And they come to you, have you got a word for me? Get the word yourself. You don't need someone saying, thus saith the Lord. And then when someone says, thus saith the Lord, make sure you investi- investigate to find out it is thus saith the Lord. But the highest level of yada is in direct intimate contact. This refers to a life-giving intimacy as in marriage. Example, Genesis 4.1, Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore Cain. Applied to a spiritual context, as in Jeremiah 9.24, it suggests An intimacy with God in prayer and worship that conceives and births blessings, power, victory, and personal relationship. Get to know the heart of God. I'm going to repeat that. The highest level of yada is in direct intimate contact. Applied to a spiritual context... It suggests an intimacy with God in prayer and worship that conceives and births blessings, power, victory, and personal relationship. Spending time with him. Just getting along with him. Start out. for 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day. Pretty soon it'll go to 20 minutes. Then you'll get to a half an hour. And pretty soon it'll be an hour. And you'll wonder where it's gone. And you and I can find the time to do it. Why we start out slow is so that we 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 can get in the habit of it. There's a lot of unnecessary things that we do during the day. You say, "Well, you haven't followed me around, Brother Heard, Pastor Heard." Well. But God follows you around and He's always sometimes we always make it. Oh, just a minute, God. Yeah, I've got to do this. I've got to fix this. I've got to change it. Yeah, you know, oh, okay, just a minute, God. That's the way we go through the day. Oh, I could I forget to pray. I gotta I got I gotta throw this away. I can't tame this here, etc. And that's just exactly the way we go. And we use it as an excuse for not praying. You know why we're getting. And in the presence of God that we get in here, to, and I'm not just saying we're the only church that has it, but thank God we're among those that are having it. And we're not going to stop until we get it. More and more and more. Because there are people in this congregation that are doing just exactly as I'm saying. And I'm teaching. They are getting away with God. Let me tell you, Tuesday night, you don't think it's important? God sees us taking the time to come on Tuesday night, taking the time to come on Wednesday night, taking the time to come on Thursday night. Tuesday night, only an hour. But if you want to start, come and stay 15, 20 minutes. But you know, when you come, you're honoring God and saying, your time is more important than my time. Oh, that Wednesday night, they're just just teaching on, you know, they've got flags up there and they're doing, Ah, I'm going to stay home. Everything we learn about worship and praise is vital to our experience with God and our intimacy with God. In your intimate time, get a flag and start waving it around and just walking in your private place and just waving that flag around. See how it opens up the heavenlies. Get a tambourine and bang it. You know what it does? It gets you out of yourself and into God. Am I making sense? Now, in connection with Proverbs 3, 6, it implies that if in all our days we maintain yada. I missed the page on my page. No, I haven't. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I preach by notes. And I can't carry a note half the time, but anyway. <laughs> in connection with Proverbs 3.6, it, it implies that if in all our days we may yada or direct intimate contact, contact with God... God promises to direct our paths toward fruitful, life-begetting endeavors. He will guide and direct you. You young people, you want to know where you want to go with God, get alone with God. Spend some time with Him. Not just on Sunday, take some time. And watch how God will direct your life. He will provide for you, and he will give you direction. Some of you are coming up to the point where you're going to be graduating from high school <laughs> next year. And let me tell you something. When you come up to that, get that diploma and you leave, you leave high school, it's kind of scary knowing just exactly where you're going to go and what you're going to do. Job. Do you, do you want to be on a job? Do you want to, want to go, go on? And now, if you're, if you're in that position where you are, uh, a, a senior in high school stop praying and seeking God, asking God to show you what he wants you to do. He'll give you direction. He'll open doors. And if you, any of you, if you are in that position where right now you're in a quandary, you don't know what to do, get along with God. Ask God for direction. God will show you. You don't have to guess at life. God will take you step by step Whenever you get to a place where you don't know where to go, stand. The Bible says to stand in the old ways. Stand in the ways. Look where you've come from. Look where you're going. Look how God has blessed you and touched you in your background, how he's led you so far. And as you look to the future, begin to ask God, how do you want me? Maybe some wants to call, call you into the ministry. Maybe some wants you to do some kind of a job, a professional job, something. Or maybe God just wants you to work and be a faithful tithe payer in the church, witness into souls. That's just as important as preaching the gospel. Cause you know what? When you're out there talking and witnessing to people, under the direction of God, you're preaching. It right. don't always have to be behind the pulpit. Right. Now, every one of you people necessarily aren't going to be called to the ministry. I'm, I I would be flattered if you all were. It'd be wonderful. But God has a specific plan and place for you in your life, and if you encourage and build an intimate time with God. He'll give you direction every single time. He will not leave you guessing. If you're embarking on a job, if you're embarking embarking on uh, any other plan that you have, talk to God about it, pray about it. Joyce Meyer says this. There is nothing you've, you're involved in that God doesn't care about. Let me say it again. There is nothing you're involved in that God doesn't care about. Everybody repeat after me. There is nothing, there is nothing I'm, involved in I'm involved in that God, that God doesn't, care about. doesn't care about. Say it again. There is nothing... I'm involved in that God doesn't care about. Do you believe that? He wants you to pray and ask him to help you with every detail of your life. He doesn't want you striving in your own effort. Now this is Joe Smiles saying this. In your own effort to do anything. God wants to be your close, personal intimate friend. God wants to be your best friend. You've heard me tell the story about our president of our college in Zion Bible Institute. Well, it's by Zion College now. Oh, it's a, they've named it another name, Northern Lights or something like that. And uh, every time she'd go buy a car, You've heard me say this. Every time she'd go buy a car, she'd talk to the salesman, and the salesman would talk to her, and she'd try to, he'd try to, you know, how salesmen do, you know, it's has got this and that. So she said, no, she said, I've got to talk to my manager first. And if my ma- manager says, I can do it and I can buy it, I will. She says, just let me talk to my manager. So the salesman stand, would stand there, Sister Campbell would go, get in the car, close the doors, and sit there. And the salesman would be looking at her. I thought she wanted to talk to her manager. Well, she was. She wouldn't buy a car until she knew and heard from God. If it wasn't the right car and God didn't answer her, she'd tell him, no, I don't want the car. When God spoke to her and said, this is the one I want you to buy, she would go out and she said, okay, it's all right with my manager, I'll buy it. Now, that's how God wants us to be with him. He wants us to be that personal. He cares for you, and he cares for your welfare, and he loves you, and he, if you ask God for a nice guy, he's not going to give you a clunker. The reason you got a clunker is because you didn't talk to God. Can you believe it? When I was younger, I had a Mustang, white, with all robin egg you know, a nice blue interior. Oh, it was cool. You could step on that thing, stick shift, and it'd go. And boy, you go down the highway. And it was st- stick shift, and the clutch went. Cause I'm not a mechanic. So I go, well, I'm going to trade it in. So I went and traded that Mustang. And I at that time, you know, those box things that came out with VW, VW, VW Volkswagen. They, and they had a, and I thought, well, that'll be good. I could buy that. And it, I think it was red, and it was nice, and it was appealing. And I thought, you know, it's new, and it's nice, and, and I can put stuff in, because I was in the ministry, and I can put stuff. And I, station wagon, thank you. And I never, they had another one, they have another name for it, though. And I never even once talked to God about it. Never asked him. I just went by looks. And I knew it was new and I thought, wow, this is going to be good. He'll help me so I can transport this and that and take people. I traded that nice Mustang. All it needed was a clutch. Now I know Drove that car home, happy in my purchase. Everywhere I went, it would stall out and it would go sit on the side of the road. I did more walking than I did riding with that crazy Volkswagen, whatever it was, squareback. I mean, and I said, and then I prayed and I said, God, if you'll just get me out of this. I won't do anything, I won't buy another thing until you tell me to. So God was nice and kind and sweet to me. I worked in the sub shop at that time and, and they had a, a um, car garage, you know, where they sold cars and all that stuff. And so uh, this is how this guy and I, and I can't remember his name now, um, Yogi. This is how, how I got acquainted with Yogi. So Yogi come in and I was telling my dilemma. And he says, I've got a car. He says it's gold. So God didn't give me my color. God says, I'm going to teach you a lesson. He said, and we can't sell it because of the color. He says, it's brand new. It is a brand new car. And I'll give it to you for a big discipline count because I want to get it off my lot. I said, I'll buy it. I says, but I'm trading in. I said, that clunker that that I've been talking to you about. I don't care. He says, I just want to give it. I got a brand new Pontiac. I can't remember what it is. I mean, everything. I mean it had the works on it. So God God was it was it, God was, was so good to me, I got everything. He got me out of it. So sometimes when you get into a mess, God will get you out if you'll acknowledge him. All right. Okay, enough, enough. Pardon? Right. So if we'll walk with him in power and the power of his might. Now, if we'll walk with him, we'll walk in the power of his might. And that's what Ephesians six ten says. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. This comes from intimacy with God. His spirit and our spirit becomes one. And the key is. We've got to get to know God. Everybody say that. We've got to get to know God first. Everybody say first. We need to have and maintain an intimate relationship on a one-on-one basis with God, which brings the power to set those who are blind and bound free. We want to see signs and wonders and miracles? We're not going to get it until we spend time with God. Do you want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit? You're not going to be using them until you spend time with God. We've got to get to know God. Intimacy. And let me tell you something. And we've been studying on this and studying on this. And there are times when we, are, we get with God and it is heaven. It is heaven. And then you get to that place. Amen? You get to that place. Where if you don't get into that prayer time with God, you feel like you're missing something. And the whole day goes wrong, or whenever you do. You just feel like something is, is there's, there's something amiss. You ju- everything's all jumbled up because you miss that time. And there are times when you can't have that time with God because things do come up. Emergencies and stuff like that uh, do come up but but if you get to God no God God's going to show you things God's going to reveal things to you saints I'm telling you he's a personal God and he just will not let you go all by yourself trying to figure life out all by yourself if you will yield to him and surrender your will to him see this is why God wants your will and this is why God will break our wills. Because if he doesn't break our wills, and he doesn't necessarily you know, want to have to do it harshly, uh, unless we make him. Right. But he wants us to become to that point. And you know why? Because he wants to govern you, and he wants to rule over you, and he wants to tell you what to do? No. No, no, no. He's not a dictator. He wants to be able to fellowship with you and reason with you and speak to you and give you direction and you'll follow because he wants to bless you the big thing about God is he wants to bless you and he will bless you even in hard times did I say by getting intimate with God you wouldn't have hard times yes no I didn't what I'm saying is even in the hard times and we've got to understand you know we get in a, a fellowship with God into God and things come up we can go through those difficult times easier than if we didn't spend time with God. Because in the presence of God, we get to know him, we get to fellowship with him, we get to understand him, and we come to that conclusion. We've seen him help us in the past, and we come because we know him. We know that he will not let us down. There's not one here that God will forsake and let go. And the reason why we get into trouble is because we don't listen. And when we learn to listen, even when hardship comes and trouble comes, he will take us through it and take us either through it or take us around it. How many have experienced that? God will never let you down. He will never, can I have the musicians come or key, keyboardists come or whatever? I'm almost done with this series. It's been a while. But I believe the reason why we're having the presence of God like we are is because there are those here that are listening to what God is saying and you are striving to get I mean, just one little step towards God, he'll take five to you. Amen? God is good. Oh, I want us to sing our way out tonight. We've been singing this morning. I probably took the worship team off guard. How many want to have a deep experience with God? Then you've got to press in. But you know what? As you press in, it will be joy. God is by your side. He will never let you go. He will speak to you. He'll give you ravens. He will just he, he, he just loves you. You've got to understand God loves you. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, and you've heard me say this, but I'm going to say it again because I want to remind you. God didn't come at Adam and Eve, uh, Eve, especially with hammer and tongs. When he came, and he found them clothed with fig leaves, he said, what goes? Why did you hide from me? Well, I was afraid of you. And when he came to talk to Eve, he looked at her and he said, you know, we we read it in the Bible, it says, like we think, what have you done? No, he goes, what have you done? That was God's approach. It broke God's heart. He said, what? have you done? God had plans for Adam and Eve. They were going to govern this earth. I don't know what kind of plans he had, but it 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 started out great. He put them over all the animals, everything. And And even when Adam goes to name the animals, whatever Adam said, God did it. Same way with Moses. I mean, Moses came to God. Read Exodus uh, 32 and 33 and 34, how God and Moses reasoned together. And God, Moses said to God, if you don't send me and you don't go with me, I'm not going. You talk to God that way? If you don't go, I'm not going. Moses said, I'm not going without you. No, there's no, you're not going to send an angel with me. You took me out of Egypt. You've got these people on my hands. Now you've got to continue the journey. Because he said, if you don't go, I'm leaving them right here in the wilderness. And God relented. And you know what Abraham did? Read it in the 33rd chapter. Read it. Moses reminded God, listen to this Moses reminded God of the promises he gave to Abraham. Isaac, and Jacob. He said, you can't recant. You promised Moses. You, uh, you promised uh, Abraham. You promised Isaac. And you promised Jacob. Look those three men up when they were starting on that journey. And each one of them, when God encountered them, he said the same thing to them. STOP PLAYING, IF YOU DON'T, I WON'T SHUT UP, (laughs) LET'S STAND, He, HE WILL NOT FORSAKE YOU, AND UNDERSTAND THAT, IF YOU'RE GOING THROUGH SOMETHING, NOW GET along WITH GOD, AND GOD WILL SHOW YOU WHAT YOU MUST DO, AND HE'LL TAKE YOU BY THE HAND, AND HE'LL LEAD YOU.